Why do Democrats hate Americans so much? When Hillary was running for president, she said half of Donald Trump's supporters were, quote, a basket of deplorables. Recently, Joe Biden, at a speech in Philadelphia, told America that half of us are semi-fascist terrorists. Under the First Amendment of the Constitution, we have the right to express our opinions. And if we disagree with the left, they don't have the right to take away our freedom of speech. Clearly, the statement by Hillary and Biden are designed to silence the conservatives in America. Many Americans find it easier to go along with the left and give up their right to disagree. What would America look like today if our founding fathers would have given in to the king and not fought for their freedom? Today we must fight to take America back. Join the new generation of patriots who believe in the Constitution. Join the new revolution in America. Welcome to Black and White, a conversation with Dan Perkins. It's time to bring all of us together to talk about the issues that concern us. It's time to hear from people who want to deal with only the facts. And it's time for you, as Americans, to re-engage in your right of freedom of speech. It's time for you to join me in the conversation on Blacks and Whites. Welcome back to Blacks and White. And this is Dan Perkins. And we have a gentleman with us who we've had on before, uh, Gregory Wrightstone, who was the geologist and executive director of the CO2 Coalition of America. And um, I wanted him back on because he's talking about a, what's going on in the school system with the science teachers. So uh, we want to talk about that today, and then we'll talk a little bit about CO2 reliability. So, Mr. Wrightstone, thank you for joining us again today. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming back on. And you're right. This, this is an important subject. Um, the CO2 coalition and our membership became concerned about the state of science education in America uh, about a year and a half ago and launched our education initiative. And uh, from that, we've, from that, I'm so proud of what we've been able to accomplish, uh, that we've got uh, books. We've now published three on our fourth comic book that are done manga style that are very interesting. We're teaching science without climate alarmism. Uh, we've got videos that are at the CO2 Learning Center YouTube. And we're so proud again of, of what we've accomplished. It's It's been amazing what, what we've been able to do. And there, uh, we, because of that, we went to the National Science Teaching Association's annual convention last week uh, to promote our educational materials. And uh, prior to us going, I looked at their position statement on climate change and found that it was it, was, it, it angered me, frankly, because we at the CO2 Coalition, I'm sure you and your listeners, all promote critical thinking skills for students. They all promote the scientific process. These are things that we should embrace, and that's what we do. Uh, and what that does is encourage debate. You test, you throw out a hypothesis, you test it, and then you debate it, and then you, you discuss it. And you make the hypothesis fit the facts, not the facts meet the hypothesis. And we published a publication uh, the first day of the convention last week on Thursday. We distributed it, had it available. Um, next day on Friday noon, the officials of the NSTA uh, came down and said, you need to take this material down uh, or you need to get out. And uh, I said, we're not going to do that. And they said, you'll have to leave. So I said, you're kicking us out then. You're kicking us out of the education, the, the, the convention of science teachers for presenting science. That's right. We're kicking you out. And so they kicked us out of the convention. And uh, 
what we did, they didn't like it. We exposed what they're trying to push on our students, which is conformity. It's it's groupthink. It's indoctrination. It's not uh, they 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 don't distinguish between real science and political science. So they're indoctrinating children is what they're doing is into this uh, alarmist uh, consensus opinion, and they they actively throughout their position statement, encourage censorship of any data that disagrees with this notion of, of man-made catastrophic warming. And that's that's contrary to the scientific method. And so it was it, it was really funny because we said NSTA is censoring science. And then they came over and confirmed it by censoring our science. And you got, it was kind of, it was, what was, what was, the timing was perfect for this. We were, we had distributed all of our lesson plans in the first two hours on Thursday. The people, overwhelming support from the teachers for what we were providing. They were just thirsty for this information. And uh, we had just run out of all of our uh, scientific comic books just before they kicked us out. So uh, it was, uplifting actually uh to to be there and the big takeaway that that i see dan was this overwhelming support from the teachers it was it was it was really encouraging and what we find is that this notion of this promulgation of of indoctrination it's being forced on the teachers by the the leadership of this 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 group is entirely woke uh, they're again, they're promoting a consensus science. Um, and they're also, when we look at the politics, uh, and again, we have to see a two coalition stay out of the politics. Well, you can see from the political spectrum, NSTA is promoting uh, critical race theory. Uh, they're promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion in the teaching of science. They're promoting environmental ESG, environmental science and governance. Um, these are these are things that should not be part of the science and the teaching of science. Uh, and again, when we talk about consensus, they're, they're Michael Crichton famously, the, the famous writer, you may not be aware, he was actually a, actually a physician as well. But Michael Crichton famously said, if it's science, it's not consensus. If it's consensus, it's not science. And that, that's followed up another really impactful quote was uh, Richard Feynman, who was a Nobel-winning physics laureate. Uh, and what he had to say was, I'd rather have questions that can't be answered than answers that can't be questioned. And that, after all, I think that that statement really gets to the crux of the matter about what true science should be. Doctor, I, I've been. I read the stuff that was in your your press release, and and you've been on our show a couple of times before. But as I listen to you speak your words, I can't help but think about the description of what you said was going on in the science community as it relates to CO two. Isn't that a sister to what the science community did with COVID? And what we did as a nation and a political system and what we did to children and, and families in our society, not on science, but on 
what people wanted to accomplish. Similar, we, uh, we again, I don't want to, at the CO2 coalition, we stick to the science of climate change. What we find is, and so we're, we're intentionally staying away. I've got strong opinions about what you just talked about, but as executive director, uh, but I will say the, what, COVID, the, what we found out over the last three years of, of this COVID is that people have learned that the experts can be wrong and the experts can be wrong quite often. And so what that has done has led uh, to a wide skepticism of this notion of the consensus of the experts. And so we feel that we find uh, that people are much more open uh, to a skeptical viewpoint now, I believe, and than was before COVID. And so that, that's helped our messaging because we are skeptics. Uh, and I, I was accepted as an expert reviewer for this uh, inter intergovernmental panel on, on climate change and IPCC. Uh, so I hate to be called an expert because usually if somebody calls themselves an expert, I, I say you should turn, turn the channel off, go to something else. Uh, but that's somebody else calling me that. Uh, but, but yeah, there, there's a, a relationship there when it comes to COVID and climate change uh, in terms of experts being proven wrong. Yeah. Let me move on to, uh, uh, in your area, uh, CO2. I read um, several reports recently that China in 2022 permitted and started building coal-fired plants in China at the rate of one every three and a half days. One every three and a half days. They now say that they won't be able to meet the 2030 target for CO2 emissions. They need 60 more years to be able to do that. And yet nobody's challenging the Chinese. What's going on? Well, the Chinese and President Xi, they play the long game, don't they? And what we're seeing is that uh, uh, what we're seeing is that uh, President Xi understands to get a vibrant, growing economy, what do you need? You need energy. You need energy that's reliable, abundant, and affordable. Joe Biden doesn't understand that. Uh, and the Chinese are doing everything they can to throw sand in the gears of our economic system by promoting uh, through the green groups, this notion of net zero, green new deal, um, no more fossil fuels, and then we have to go to renewables that are unreliable. Uh, so President Xi understands he's he's his his lips are moving, uh, but he doesn't he doesn't believe in, in embracing net zero or carbon control because he knows that he needs that for a vibrant growing economy. Uh, Prime Minister Modi in India uh, is the same way. He's he wants to electrify 100% electrification for his country. I think their motivations are different. I think President Modi or Prime Minister Modi is a good man who, who wants to lift his people up out of generational poverty. And he's going to do that by providing reliable, abundant, affordable energy. And he's doing it by building more coal-fired plants. So India is building more, mining more coal, nowhere on the scale that China is. So any small reductions that we make in the Western world, including the United States, 
are more than replaced and overwhelmed by additional CO2 emissions from China. Uh, and if you look at, at the CO2, um, atmospheric CO2 levels, they continue increasing right up as it, we went through them, all these conferences year after year, and they've had that no effect on the increase in CO2. But what they want to do is restrict our lifestyles. They want to they want to control. They want to tell you what car you can drive, how you heat your home, how you wash your dishes, wash your clothes. Um, it's it's a it it's awful and it's economically destructive. Burger, I don't understand. I mean, I I I wasn't surprised at the pushback when the Biden administration said we got to get rid of of um, uh, of all this stuff that's using uh, carbon-based fuels, uh, whether it's air conditioning or stoves or heaters or what toasters or whatever it is, uh, and, and replace it. Um, but I haven't seen any evidence, I, I hate to use the word scientific evidence or objective evidence, that says, I mean, if, if we have the left telling us we have nine years left to live, then why are the Chinese want 60 extra years on their extension? Why, why is Joe Biden saying when part of his party is saying we got nine years left, we're going to need oil and natural gas for at least 10 more years? There's a huge disconnect. And with that, we're going to have to take a short break uh, from this fascinating conversation. How do people follow you and your organization, Gregory? Go to CO2Coalition.org, CO2Coalition.org, or go for our videos at CO2 Learning Center, YouTube channel, CO2 Learning Center. And we'll be right back with Gregory after this pause. Will more than two banks fail? Is it time to buy gold? Recently, the FDIC took over two banks that were in trouble. Now we have reports that an additional 20 regional banks have in excess of $650 billion in bond losses. The Fed admits that their increase in interest rates have done little to bring inflation under control. They may well increase the amount and frequency of interest rates. Isn't it time to consider gold in your portfolio? From January 1st, 2023 to today, the price of gold is up twice as much as the S&P 500. Go to blacksandwhites.us, click on the gold bar, and reach out to Advisors Metals and ask Ira, is gold right for you? Call now. It's important. Welcome back. We're having a fascinating conversation with a former guest on our show a couple of times, Gregory Wrightstone. And uh, he's he doesn't want to be called an expert because that puts you in an odd position. He's the director of the CO2 Coalition. We were talking about, just before the break, we were talking about how the left, part of the left says we got nine years left to live. Joe Biden says we need oil and natural gas for at least 10 more years. The Chinese need a 60-year extension on the Paris Accord. Um, I, don't, I, I understand why it's hard to believe anybody on what's really going to happen, if anything's going to happen. And from your standpoint, um, where do we stand as a country on our CO2 emissions uh, and, the, and the test requirements? Well, our CO2 emissions have decreased slightly over the last uh, decade or more, and that's because we've embraced natural gas-fired electricity development. Uh, we're reducing coal-fired uh, electricity. Uh, I'm not sure that's well. Yeah, I am sure it's not a good idea. It's a very bad idea. 
because these were reliable, the coal-fired plants were reliable and provided cost-effective, reliable, abundant energy. Um, and now we're trading that off for unreliable energy. Uh, the chickens are going to come home to roost here in America at some point. I actually thought it was going to happen this winter, but we had a fairly mild winter across most of the United States. It really didn't test the system. And the same with Europe. Europe is even farther down this road. Uh, we see in Georgia, uh, or right, Georgia, in, in uh, Germany, uh, they've, they've really gotten rid of the, the coal. They're now stepping that back. They realize that they need coal-fired electricity. The United Kingdom has seen huge increases in, in their costs of their electricity. Been very painful for many businesses with their electricity costs going sky high. And we're seeing that here in the United States and New England, particularly with runaway electricity costs this past winter. Uh, and one of the problems we have in New England, it, it just shows the idiotic policies that we're under and what's being promulgated in the Northeastern United States, in Pennsylvania primarily, Eastern Ohio, Northern West Virginia, there's the world's largest natural gas accumulation. Uh, I was proud to be the, the co-author of the first peer-reviewed comprehensive paper of the Marcellus Shale. And again, this is Eastern United States. During that, this is Daniel, your eyes will go, wow. While we were researching this, we compared the Marcellus to the 10 largest natural gas accumulations in the world and found that those 10 combined in terms of gas re gas in place didn't equal the Marcellus. The top 10 gas fields in the world combined didn't even equal the Marcellus. That's how big it is. And there's one below it that's even bigger. And there's one above it that's it's called the Burkett Shale. It's a supergiant. I, I wrote uh, one of the first to write about that. So we've got this, we've got a supergiant and two megagiant gas fields in the United States. All this gas, and it's constrained from lack of pipelines. So New England to the north of Pennsylvania needs gas. Pennsylvania is just awash. It's the Saudi Arabia of natural gas. Both New York and New Jersey have banned pipelines. So there's no way to get the gas from Pennsylvania north into New England, uh, to Boston, and Rhode Island, where they really need the gas. And neither can Boston and the LNG imports, can they buy gas from Louisiana and Texas because of the Jones Act. The Jones Act says you need an American flagged, American crewed. Uh, if you're going to have one carrier going from one American port to another, you have to have American. Well, there aren't any LNG American flag carriers. And so they have to buy their, instead of buying Louisiana and Texas cheap gas, they're buying expensive gas from, from uh, uh, Algeria and Saudi Arabia and people that don't like us very much. And, uh, Joe Biden could could cure that with with this afternoon if he wanted to. He did it for Puerto Rico by um, he 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 put a halt to the Jones Act for Puerto Rico, but he won't do it for for the uh, New England states and the United States. I uh, in another career many many decades ago, I in that area in Ohio, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. In addition to being rich in natural gas, it's also rich in coal. And I spent a lot of time working in the with the coal companies uh, in that in that area. So huge region of of energy for the United States, both coal and natural gas. 
And you're right. It's it, it, what we're doing is only can be, in my mind, described as insane. Um, but it, it seems to me, Gregory, that that in the last few months, the Biden administration has accelerated dramatically their attack on coal. Am I right on that? Yeah, it was bad before, and I think it's getting worse. And they're and they're also not just their attack on coal. They're promulgating some really horrendous uh, regulations. They're going to go through the EPA, Consumer Protection Services, to ban air conditioning or change how we, what air conditioners you can buy. What um, they want you to use uh, geothermal heat pumps. Uh, they want you to uh, use uh, electric stoves for everybody to cook over instead of natural gas. You can't heat your home anymore by natural gas. Um, all these things are just hugely uh, control-related issues, and they're using the regulate the regulators at EPA and the other agencies are are the are the foot soldiers of this advance of the net zero opinion. And we. We just published again, if you go to co2coalition.org, uh, we have a number of publications that we've just published, one that I'm proud to have co-authored uh, with Dr. Richard Lindzen of MIT and Dr. Will Happer of Princeton. Uh, they're both emeritus professors of physics. Uh, we, we said right, this was titled Challenging Net Zero with Science. So we went through this as a 48-page document. Uh, it's not that hard to read. Now, we don't have a whole lot of uh, things that require a scientist to understand it, uh, but we we just went point by point through uh, the document outlining why net zero was wrong. Uh, and that's the kind of things we do here. Uh, we've also had some recent documents. Uh, there's a new war on nitrous oxide and nitrogen fertilizers. They You saw what happened in Sri Lanka two years ago when the, when the president banned nitrogen fertilizers because they were environmentally harmful. And uh, the, the entire economy of Sri Lanka, which was mostly agricultural, collapsed uh, through this false notion. And that's what we did. We, we published a paper on nitrous oxide and dispelling and putting the science of what, what is nitrous oxide and is it a warming gas? And if so, how much warming can we expect uh, to show that there is it's incredibly small amount of warming uh, from 400 years from now. Uh, but there, this, this attack on agriculture is based on this false fear of nitrous oxide. Nitrous oxide is, is N2O, not, not, not to be confused. There are other nitrogen compounds like NO2, which is nit uh, nitrogen oxide, uh, which is harmful. Nitrous oxide is not. And, uh, and it's hugely beneficial. Let me, let, let me, um, I want to make sure I don't make this a political question. I don't want to, I don't want to put you in a, in a corner. It appears that these changes that the administration wants to make are either being done by executive order or interpretation of the various secretaries without congressional approval. So that if we have a change in administration in 2024, there's a possibility that a new president, much like Joe Biden, went in and eliminated a bunch of 
executive orders for that Donald Trump put out, it's a possibility that a uh, a, re, a new Republican president could rescind some of these orders and also uh, some of these ad administrative decisions made by the various agencies. Uh, I don't know how we. I don't know how we solve the problem of of dealing with the reality if every time we change a, a government, executive orders can be overturned and we throw turmoil again. Yeah, the executive orders could be overwritten, but the biggest problem here are is an overreaching by the EPI, EPA, and the other regulatory agencies. And what would need to be done is to have an entire house cleaning at the top. Uh, with the new administration of EPA officials and the other regulatory officials. And uh, what we do at the CO2 Coalition, too, very proud, uh, in the last year we've done, we filed amicus briefs in a couple of lawsuits. One was Louisiana versus Biden, and that was uh, dealing with what's called the social cost of carbon. Uh, and the, the other one was recently uh, the Consumer Household Electricity Consumers Council uh, check uh, versus the EPA, uh, pushing back against what's called the endangerment findings. Uh, in that EPA, a number of years ago, found that CO2 was a pollutant, since it was a pollutant, it could be regulated. And they've used that as the reason for regulating CO2. And so we've we've provided the scientific basis to push, to push back on these uh, rulings. We'll be doing more of these as we go forward, because uh, we have the scientific expertise and the experts do that. And that makes us a powerful force. I, I like to think that we're the tip of the spear when it comes to promotion of, of the science that fights back against this notion of man-made catastrophic warming. We have been having a wonderful conversation an informative conversation with uh, Gregory Wrightstone, the CEO of the, uh, President or CEO? What is it president? Neither. You got it wrong. Executive uh, director. That's executive right. director. I apologize. I got I promoted you too quickly, huh? Yeah, uh, that's all right. Of the CO2 coalition. And he's been helping us try and understand what in the world is going on in in the regulatory environment and the decisions that are supposedly science or not. Gregory, how do the, how do people follow you and your organization? Go to CO2coalition.org. CO2coalition.org. As always, it's been a pleasure. You've uh, stretched my mind a little bit, which is hard to do, but you you did it. And uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you. We'll be back in a moment. We are Americans, male and female, from many races and cultures from all over the world. One thing above all else is we are patriots who protect our nation and defend, when necessary, our Constitution from attacks both foreign and domestic. Today, as American patriots, we must take back our country from those who want to destroy it and us. We must start by taking back our children and their education. Parents, not union, should be in charge of our children's education. We must be sure that they are taught about the greatness of America and its people. Our children should not be indoctrinated with the belief that parents are racist and are evil and trying to destroy the world. As patriots, we must take back our country 
from foreign nations who want to destroy us and our way of life. Yes, as patriots, we want America to be first. We want an open and fair trade policy, energy independence, safe cities, and secure borders where we can grow and prosper as a nation of free people. Become an American patriot. Help take back America by voting Republican. Thank you for joining us today, and we'd like to hear your comments or questions. So go to bwradionetwork.com. That's bwradionetwork.com and give us your questions or comments. And thanks for joining us today.